Hello, 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 and welcome to a brand new episode of Squad Up, the podcast all about games, games of all kinds. I am your host, Eduardo, and what's going on, everybody? We're here. There's a hurricane headed to Florida, but we're coming at you anyway, especially because I don't live there. (laughs) (laughs) But the two guys that I have with me are, and they're doing this podcast anyway, so thank you, guys. Um, I got, first off... (laughs) The guy that's always with me on every podcast, or just at all times, every vacation, every minute of every day, it's Peaches. Peaches, what's up, man? I am that Peach. Uh, I just did a, a DNA test, and it turns out I'm 100% that Peach. <laughs> uh, you're probably hearing this three weeks since the last episode, because it'll take a week before this one's out. Um, I apologize that an episode didn't go out last week. We were on vacation in Austin, <laughs> Texas, eating some barbecue. Uh, having a good old time. I don't know what this accent is, so I'm going to stop it. Also joining us, uh, because we like to bring in basically every member. They're basically like the Baldwin of the, the Baldwin family of the Squad Up Podcast Network. Or the Hemsworth. <laughs> or the Hemsworth family. The, the Skarsgård family. Which family? You know what? It's Danny. Danny, the brother of the Sound Lord, uh, brother-in-law of the Mrs. Sound Lord Angela. Danny, which family do you think you guys are in the squad up? Uh, Gosh, well, we do have a Chris, so that that helps. Uh, is there a Danny Baldwin? I don't know. Let's say Daniel. Daniel. All right, no, there's a Daniel. Mm, well, Baldwin. I'm gonna go with that one because it's me. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the squad up cinematic universe. <laughs> I know that Adam Baldwin is not part of the greater Baldwin family. So uh, just that's something I learned. Uh, the oh, Firefly man. guy. You're bald. You're bald wins. I'm bald ones. Oh, oh, oh boy. Who got him? I played we myself. Gotta, we got to stop the show. Everybody, hold on. We can't continue talking until we hear... Danny's top five games of all time. Top five games of all time. Let's go. So this is a very fluid list, but I I said to Eduardo earlier. Hey, man, it's 2019. You do what you got to do. I am very comfortable if I am to put this on the record. And if this podcast is ever used as evidence in court, I will be comfortable with this being admitted as evidence. Uh, so my top five games, uh, I'll go semi-chronologically. Um, I'm not sure if I'll get the order exactly right. But number one, I'll say Yoshi's Island, a.k.a. Super Mario World 2 uh, for the Super Nintendo. That game, uh, let's see, the music is obviously fantastic. There's like only five songs, I think, but um, it's just those play in my head occasionally just without any uh, sort of prompting <laughs> peaches is having a good old time right now <laughs> <laughs> the sound like oh, broke boy, me i'm not reading the comments <laughs> uh. <laughs> yo you were there when i touched fuzzy uh, yes i was you were there. that is actually what i was going to mention with the music there's only a few songs, but you can double them because you add the Touch Fuzzy Get Dizzy version. <laughs> uh, sorry to my neighbors for that. Um, that game, we, um, so we would rent a lot of games from Blockbuster, rest in peace. Uh, that was one that we would rent uh, pretty frequently. 
and I eventually convinced my mom to buy it. Uh, and I was so glad. I can remember the uh, box art with the big blue, not a blarg, I guess, since it's in the water instead of the lava. But um, I just remember finally holding that cartridge like, this is mine. Um, but just love that game. I love playing as Yoshi, uh, which, you know, I might talk about in one of the uh, other games I mentioned. Uh, so Yoshi's Island, number two, another Super Nintendo classic, Mega Man X. Uh, another oh, one yeah, where dude. the I'll get the song stuck in my head. Um, but Mega Man X was I never I finally did beat it once uh, I got it on the Wii U, I believe, virtual console. Uh, but that was one I probably watched my brother, the Sound Lord, play more than I played uh, as a kid. But uh, I just I remember uh, all the power ups, of course, the the uh, Mavericks, Armored Armadillo, Chill Penguin. It was just it was such a cool game to me. Uh, just the enemy design, the level design, and uh, I never played. Well, I hadn't played the original. NES Mega Man game. So this was kind of my uh, intro to that uh, franchise. Uh, so my two... Oh, God. What's your favorite boss music, though? Oh, God. Um, yeah, on the spot. I do like Storm Eagle. That is a good one. Ooh, my dog, my dog right disagrees. Now. No, I'm not uh, Smooth McGroove. <laughs> Oh, damn. I was hoping you would. <laughs> um, I'll move on before I have to... Uh... Ooh, my dog just hit his head on my uh, my desk here. <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> He's walking away. Oh, walk of shame. Uh, okay, so moving on. So this game, uh, I originally played a remake or a deluxe version of it on Game Boy Color, but Link's Awakening... Which I am very much looking forward to the Switch version coming out in about a month. Um, but Link's Awakening was actually the first Zelda game I ever beat. I remember that. Uh, I have memories playing it on my Game Boy Color while we were at uh, a mechanic. I think my dad had to take his car to the shop or something. I was just sitting in the waiting room with him playing Link's Awakening. But uh, like I said, since that's my uh, first Zelda game I ever beat, it'll always hold a special place in my heart. Uh, I loved how weird it is. You have like Mario enemies, there's Goombas, there's a Chain Chomp, there's a freaking talking alligator, and he's not a Mario enemy, but it's just, there's all these characters that kind of just, it's like, all right, this is a weird game. And uh, the uh, Battle of the Windfish, I guess I'm going to talk about music in every game that I mention, um, but that's such a nice little melody and... Uh, I'm looking forward to replaying it in this new art style, looking like the Rankin and Bass. Dude, I have never played Link's Awakening, and I've never heard anyone say it was their favorite either. Well, there you go. I'm Dude, that's, uh, that's check it off the list. Now you have to play it. So no, I'm I'm really looking forward to the remake, but I won't. The nostalgia won't be there for me. Well, that'll be interesting. So I hope it's there. Yeah, for I'd you. like to hear your thoughts on it then, uh, as somebody who's not played it before, because it looks. I mean, obviously, other than art style, it looks like a very faithful recreation. Um, so that'll be fun. I'm. We'll, we'll exchange notes. I'm diehard linked to the past. Okay. Well, so that's that's a good tough one. To so, top I mean, they're all good. Yeah. Whatever. So right. next, I will say Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door for GameCube. 
<laughs> Peach's face oh! lit up. Yes. <laughs> It's so good. It is so good. I was trying to decide because all the Mario RPGs are good. Um, obviously, Super Mario RPG was the first one and one I have very fond memories of. But I, I, I had that originally in my top five. But thinking about like the Paper Mario series and how it kind of changed it, the uh, the overworld stuff where you're not the RPG mechanics necessarily, but where you have the powers, so you turn into an airplane uh you roll up into a little tube and roll around and just the way that they played around with that idea of you are paper uh i thought it was very creative <laughs> um but the okay the, another on the spot question mm-hmm. who's the best companion i always had a soft spot for vivian the uh, shadow okay creature i don't remember what the species <laughs> was uh but that was that was the, the i could go on the pretty, the pretty ghost. ghost yes yeah peaches <laughs> I, I didn't tell you about this but when danny and i first had talks about him coming on the show it was about we were going to talk about doing an episode on thousand year door but i had never played it so then we started looking at finding emulators so that i could play it so that we could have him on to talk about it which is still a thing we can do Dude, but that's you how it gotta play Thousand Year Door. It's such an underrated game, and I mean, it's so good. It's it'd be right up your alley because it's a story based RPG, and it's like funny. It's it hilarious. is hilarious. The localization was fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many memorable characters in that. Luigi has like this whole side story that's going on in the background, and it's just amazing. <laughs> But yeah, like I was saying, the gameplay, the uh, even like in battle when you have, and this has kind of been a staple of Mario RPG games, like the, the inputs where you can make your attack stronger by just timing button hits and other things. But I, you really do, do, do need to play that at some point, Eduardo. It's uh, it's very. I, I I am sad about obviously the direction Paper Mario went. I hope that they go back to the rpg style it's been a long time since there's been i mean i guess you've had mario and luigi games which are fantastic of course but paper mario is just it's it's its own series there's there's differences sure. so it'd be cool to get another even just a remaster come on nintendo please do it for me i mean they're remastering <laughs> yeah. everything else why it's, not it's due it's i think 15 years uh this year yeah 2004 that sounds right uh, and I will end my top five with uh, a Nintendo Switch game, which I actually, it's a Wii U and Switch game, so that gives it away. Breath of the Wild, uh, which, hey. you know, an amazing game. Um, I remember popping into the Wii U for the first time. I actually have it on both, but I played it mainly on Wii U. I didn't have a Switch when it came out, so... <laughs> No, no, no. What I don't understand is how I, the the creator of this podcast, have somehow managed to assemble every single person on this planet that owned a Wii U, and yet I know no other people that have Wii U's except for people that have been well, on this podcast. there you go. It must be a requirement to a uh, guest. It's like a superpower. <laughs> um, but I, I ordered it on Amazon... Uh, I came to work because I had a, lived in a bad area where packages had been stolen from my door before. So I had the package. Um, I rushed home once I got off and put it in and it's just in awe basically from the beginning. Just 
I don't I don't know what I can say that hasn't been said on this podcast, I'm sure. But it's just such a masterpiece. Um, just the world design, the systems, just how it kind of changed the open world. Uh, you know, you get used to, okay, you have like these satellite towers or whatever that you have to unlock to uh, like expand your map. But it had that, but the there was a challenge to them. And just being able to climb everything is a game changer. It's so hard going back to other games. <laughs> it's like that is a great segue into the question I was going to ask you about this game. Oh boy, how do I you know. feel about climbing in the rain? It's fine. How, how annoyed are you at rain? <laughs> it, it did get annoying, but I never really minded it all that much. It's just like, uh, all right, it's raining. I'll go around, or I'll just stand there, sit there, holding onto a mountain cliff <laughs> but yeah i know you hate it i wanted someone to be team hate climbing in the rain uh i'm closer to you than other people maybe but you know it's fine <laughs> I'll, I'll accept that answer okay yeah that's good <laughs> thank god <laughs> so there you go you're not kicked out of the show <laughs> it, it was touch and go there before we started so <laughs> all right well, you've done it. You've been initiated into the squad. Welcome. Bow, bow, bow. Well, it's a brotherhood. A brotherhood of all of us having to listen to Robbie rant in the group chat about <laughs> several things. Listen. So welcome to this very exclusive club that you've just joined. I can't wait to... I'm going to uh... piss Robbie off so much. I'm going to piss him off. <laughs> I'm sorry, Robbie. <laughs> oh, man. Robbie's going to hate you. He's never going to talk right. to me again. It is time to start talking about what we've been playing. Now, Peaches, you and I have taken a dip back into the old Blizzard pool. We said, hey, Blizzard, what's up? (laughs) Haven't seen you in a while. We took a dive back in, not into what everybody else has been diving into, but we're going to cover that later. But we, uh, we have dived back into Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm. So two games that are, um, sort of go-tos for us, but both, I need to tell you guys that both myself and Peaches have this cycle. We find a game that we like and we play it for a while. Then we find out we hate that game and then we stop (laughs) playing it. And then we go back to playing Overwatch or one of the like few, like we have like a small pool of games, Overwatch and Hots are in that pool. And we go kind of go and just kind of play those until we find the next game that we love until we hate. (laughs) And then the cycle continues. And we're at the point now where we're like, starting to maybe play it we've got a new game in the in the back burner that we might start playing here pretty soon but we're like still playing the overwatch and hots grind a little bit um eduardo is quieter than the others that's a change hold on i can fix that that's a change i am constantly the loudest the loudest really all the time i am always the loudest wait it might actually just be the stream uh is it no i should be good now sound lord can verify i am the loudest i cut through <laughs> the microphone and stab people directly oh, in their ear holes <laughs> so we've gotten back all right let's talk about overwatch real quick um it's the same game nothing has changed we're still playing overwatch i, I don't brigitte is different brigitte is different they added in roll queue but we haven't really touched that i played a little bit of roll queue on my own um I, I, you haven't touched it really. They're going to be adding in. Um, they're going to be adding it into quick play here sometime in September. 
So every mode that you play in will now be, you'll have to pick a role before you go in. Um, Heroes of the Storm also added this in for everywhere except for Quick Match. So if you go into their unranked or ranked modes, you now have a role queue system as well. And it's sort of like heading in that direction. I don't know if you have any other things to say about those two games because they're just they're just kind of staples for us that we kind of fall back to when we don't have anything else to play. Yeah, I don't know if I would have used the word dive as the sure. D- maybe dive analogy. wasn't the, the correct I, right. Yeah, sure. I would say maybe we're like waiting in the pool. Uh, sure. Because I'm sure we'll find that next thing. Because I just downloaded Rainbow Six Siege and I haven't tried that yet. And I just downloaded Remnant, and that looks really fun. And that can be played with up to three people. I've heard uh, through Gumby and a couple other people now that Remnant is doable on its own, but it's much better with a full party. Uh, So maybe that'll be a thing that we get into for a bit. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Overwatch just has... It's weird to like... (laughs) say anything great or say anything awful about it because it's just one of those things that we're like yeah we'll go back and play that for a bit and we go back and it's like it's like riding a bike but uh it's like it's like riding a bike straight into a tree (laughs) (laughs) you know we get all all the same things every time we get in we have a good match or two we play characters we like and then it's a lot of where is my team (laughs) And then and it's that's like, just me. And then we're like, fuck this game. We're never coming back. And that's, that's how the cycle goes. And then Hots is the same thing, but just with different verbiage. Like, yeah, it's like the Avatar cycle. Yeah. Like, like, what is this healer doing? What is this butcher doing? They're just running in by themselves, etc. So, I don't know. Like, they're fun. They're just, they're never things that I can play more than a few times at a time that was the best wording i've ever had i feel that (laughs) um i want to talk about um peaches you have played this danny i don't know if you've played these games and if you haven't you should i downloaded on my phone um the room games i started with the room the first one and then i started going through the uh, the other ones first off if you don't know what this game is the first game is like it's a game where you have this like puzzle box and you essentially have to solve the puzzle box. There are like hidden compartments and levers and puzzles and you sort of kind of go through and you open the box more and more and more. And I think there are a couple boxes that you open until the end of the game. The second one kind of expands on that and you have like a few points in a room where you can look at that are sort of the room is dark, but then there are a few lit up points that you can go to and they're like, separate puzzle boxes but it ha- it doesn't really change the format i'm on the third game right now and you're just literally in a room and you can touch almost like everything in the room you can go almost to any corner and you can kind of there are all kinds of like items and like telescopes and and levers and gears at one point i was in a bell tower it was crazy these games are like really good and i'm surprised i haven't played them yeah I've, i remember um playing the first one this was years ago i think but uh I don't know how far I got, but it was it was definitely fun. Pretty challenging for sure. Uh, there's times you just like, what the heck? Like, what am I even supposed to do here? Yeah, like, <laughs> what what am I supposed yeah, to be I'll, doing? Yeah, I'll have yeah. to uh, look into that and uh, try them out again. They definitely evolve the series as the series. Like, they definitely take big steps between games. It's like the original Escape Rooms, kind of. Like, yeah. did y'all play? I'm sure you guys both played a lot of Flash games. Oh yeah, like. 
before before other games were more popular and also free. Don't you stereotype me. <laughs> no, I'm not saying... No, no, no. I played a shitload of Flash games, dude. I went to like congregate.com oh, and... Man. Newgrounds? Uh, Newgrounds for a bit. Yeah, there was good stuff all over the internet, man. And I played the very first like escape room style game I played was the Crimson Room. Did you guys play that? No. I did not. There's like crimson room and then the next one was viridian room and there were a bunch of just like colored rooms that was just their series that's 2019 um, you can't just call them colored rooms (laughs) wow that's fair um but it was like it was like the original escape room it was like you've you're just stuck in a room and you got to puzzle your way out and i i like to think that the escape rooms that we have now like the real life ones that we all love to do so much i like to think that those stemmed from these types of video games Oh my god! Why didn't I put that on my list of what we've been? Why didn't we put that on our list of what we've been playing? We, we were can't literally talk about that. We yeah. can. I mean, it's a good segue from here. It's a so game. While, while Peaches and I were in Austin, Texas, we did two escape rooms, um, and <laughs> <laughs> we we did two escape rooms. The first one was at a place called the Escape Game Austin, which they have one um, in Orlando where. Um, where we all used to live. Well, yeah, but it's um, not called Escape Game Austin. Uh, it's called the Escape Game Orlando <laughs> there. And most of the rooms there we have done. Um, and in Austin, there was one room we hadn't done. It was called Playground. Myself, Peaches, and our friend Marguerite all did it together. And we also it was, did the um, Escape Room. <laughs> I did your joke. Adam. I did your joke. I did Eduardo's joke. I beat him to it. It's the family podcast. Um <laughs> uh, is it Larson family at least? No, that's our other. That's a, that's our other part podcast. podcast. podcast? The... <laughs> um, anyway, so we did an escape room where we were in like a classroom and we were trying to find this golden dodgeball to like make it. Like we had to do all these different lessons, and there was some pretty so cool like stuff in there. At one point, we were like. It was really cool because you start off in a little classroom and then after you beat the first puzzle, um, there's an, uh, a fire alarm in the back and Marguerite had to go and the guy like told us that there was one thing we could break in there and there was like a piece of glass that she had to shatter with a hammer. It was like fake like, glass. It was like in, like safe glass, like like prop glass. Um, that she had to break. Glass. Yeah, basically. And she pulled the fire alarm and it opened a window and then we went outside for playground and that was kind of oh, cool. Fun. Um, and there was at one point where there was a, a slide. Oh, there was a slide. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Climb up a play structure. There we was climbed, a play yeah. structure out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of physical yeah. activity. Okay, but the second one. All right. So the second escape room. Oh yeah, we, we did, did two escape rooms. We did two we of them. Did. We did. The second escape room we did. Peaches and I were going to go do an escape room together. And we weren't able to because I was stupid and booked it for the wrong day. And I booked it on a day it was closed. (laughs) So we weren't able to do it that day. So we decided to all do an escape room the next morning before we all left. So I found this really cool horror themed escape room. And I was like, let's just do this one. This sounds really cool. And so we go. What was the theme? It was horror. <laughs> you, you didn't get that, uh, that second the other horror in there. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. It kind of sounded like horror themed escape room. <laughs> Sorry. Which horror is not the theme. Same thing. This is a Larson family podcast. How dare we you? Were, we were stuck in a brothel and uh, <laughs> we had to find our. <laughs> No, That's it was it was a it was a horror themed um, escape room, <laughs> and it was 
it was think of like a sort of like saw kind of like that sort of you're like trapped in a shed and you have to get out of the shed and so we bear trap on your head (laughs) yeah sounds fun (laughs) so we get there and we sign all the waivers you you sign waivers at any escape room that's not like a weird thing and she takes us back and and she's like all right who am i gonna cuff first and i said i'm sorry what are you sure this is horror (laughs) and i know this is almost like going in the other direction um (laughs) she's like who am i gonna cuff first and and i was like uh what what do you mean who am i gonna cuff first she's like oh you know to to chain you inside and i was like what do you mean chain you inside and one by one she put these like wrist straps with locks on us took us into the room and chained us to a wall (laughs) And we were each chained to an opposite side of the wall. And then she said, all right, you've got an hour to get out. And then she closed the door and left. And then we had to. And <laughs> and there was this chain me inside. How about that? There was... <laughs> so the room was a square. And we we're like Eduardo said, we were in all four corners. But in the middle of the room was like a big column. So I could see Bailey on my left and I could see Eduardo on my right but I could not see Marguerite at all. So whatever she had to do, I I took no part in it. And the same thing for everybody else. Whoever was That's across cool. from them, they had nothing to do with each other. And it was weird because you had to pass stuff around the room, but you know, you're chained and you can only go so far. So it was it was definitely a, an experience. It was fun. We barely made it out. At one point... There, the, the, so throughout the whole room, the guy's talking to you. He's telling you about his plan, and he's like, you're like falling right into his hands, right? And at one point, he goes, one of you, you have to choose one of you. And then a door in the back opens, and he says, only one of you can go through this door. And one person had to go in, and everyone looked at me, and we're like, Eduardo's going. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean I'm going? They sacrificed me so fast. We knew that you, you wanted to do that escape room the most. So we wanted to give you the experience. And I had to be locked in this electric-style chair while everybody else was in the other room. And I had to put on this, like, tr- like, like that helmet. I had to put on one of those helmets. And, like, I had, like, earmuffs on. And, like, a recording was playing continuously. And I had to, like, yell what the recording was playing. It was a fun time. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> I mean, we went in there after and checked it out. Like, we, oh, we, yeah, yeah. After I was viewed- already dead. We viewed the scene of the crime, <laughs> if nothing else. I think you guys actually just got kidnapped. <laughs> we might have gotten kidnapped and escaped. That could have been what actually happened. Hey, man, Although, if that if that was, then we're even better. She very generously held on to your voodoo donuts and That's gave true. that back after we escaped the kidnapping. So mm. that was very kind of her. Uh, talk to me more about voodoo donuts. I love when you talk dirty. No, oh, um, I don't know that I have... Uh, (laughs) i wasn't prepared to talk voodoo to you you've also been playing your your tried and true mario hacks oh yeah i mean we had a stream the other day i was playing uh jump janked up mario party guys we're never gonna make it through that game it's so long there's more than i think there's like a hundred and something levels and they started off kind of they weren't easy but they were more mild i guess but they were still pretty lengthy and like we spent i believe more than an hour on one level in the stream the other day 
but it was, I mean, it was a really cool level. It was called bridge engineering. And, um, oh, we are like all jacked up on the, oh, it's back. Don't worry, everybody. We're back. Um, <laughs> it was called bridge engineering. And when you pressed select, you just built a bridge out of the expanding, um, the expanding blocks. And so you had to kind of puzzle your way through the level and figure out where to put the bridges and time it right so that you put them in the right spot at the right height. It was cool, but it was very long. Danny actually solved the puzzle that I could not <laughs> solve in that level. Oh. I was trying so hard to figure it out and he came in clutch with some advice and we beat the level. So you just had to believe in yourself. <laughs> the heart of the card. <laughs> yes, right? that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, now, that's it though. Danny, I really, I'm really interested to hear because you've been playing Fire Emblem Three Houses, yes. and it's a game I've been like thinking about getting. There's a lot of games that I always think about getting, and I end up getting them, and I play them for an hour, and then I put them down, and then I end up with this giant library of games I probably should play but never play. And I feel like this would be a game that's in that that sort of category. So sell me on the game so I can make a foolish purchase. Okay, uh, I hope Nintendo pays me for this. Um, oh, they're listening. Good. Well, that's good because I want them to remaster Paper Mario. So if they hear me, then we're good. Um, so I actually beat it um, on my first run. Uh, that, that This is a game that definitely has a lot of replay uh, value. Uh, as, it, as you know, it's called Three Houses, which is called Three Houses because you're... Uh, it's one less than Harry Potter. Exactly, yeah. But you, you're uh, the player character becomes a professor at a monastery. It's like an officer's academy for this kingdom. And there are three houses. Golden Deer, uh, which was the house I picked. Uh, Blue Lions and Black Eagles. So you get to choose which house you um, uh, become the professor for. And in doing that, this is the like your main team. Uh, your students will be your units throughout the game. You're able to recruit um, the players, or not the players, the students from the other houses if you raise up their social support levels enough. Uh, have you played any Fire Emblem games, Eduardo? Yeah, I have. Okay, so this one is... I, I've played two previously, um, but this one is more... It has a lot more of the social stuff to it. Uh um, building up your supports with your units, um, pretty much how it's set up. So as I said, you're a professor at this academy and you have a main mission every month um, throughout the game. And that will always be at the end of the month. So leading up to it, every week you have a free day where you can run around the monastery and interact with the students. You can cook meals with them. Uh, eat with them, have a choir practice, and then all these things you're able to raise your support with them, find out more about their each character's backstory, and so on. You're also able to do auxiliary battles to level up, level up your units, get some rewards for that, uh, and then there's some other options. But uh, exploring the monastery is a lot of fun because, like I said, this is where each character like has a surprising amount of depth. I mean, it's a pretty big cast, uh, when you think about it, because you have, there's probably seven or eight students per house, plus there's other professors you can interact with and recruit. So they did a good job. I really enjoyed getting my team support levels all the way up and seeing how they interact and learning about them, uh, their lives before the monastery. So, you know what that sounds like to me real quick? What? Like, 
It sounds like Fire Emblem plus Doki Doki Literature. Club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a Japanese dating yeah, simulator it's... while you're waiting to play Fire Emblem. I described it to a friend as a as a turn-based strategy crossed with a dating sim. And that's like okay, perfect. kind of a joke, but really it's not. <laughs> um, but yeah i mean it was the obviously the classic fire emblem stuff the combat the real the strategy it's all there and it's good uh but i really enjoyed what they've done with getting to know your your characters and building all that stuff up so i'm definitely gonna play it again i i got the season pass so i'm not sure when the first chunk of dlc comes out but i'll probably um get back to it when that comes out choose a new house and see what that takes me. And I don't want to get into the story specifics, but each house, um, there's one main storyline, but depending on which house you pick, you'll get different sides of it. Um, so I'm interested to see how things change depending on uh, who you get. What did they do to the weapon triangle? Can you explain this? Because I know that it's gone. Yeah. But like, what's the point of different weapons then? So it is gone. Uh, different weapons will... So they have abilities now. Uh, as your unit's um, skill goes up in specific weapons, so like if you have a sword fighter, they will um, once you reach a certain level, they'll get an ability which basically brings the weapon triangle back. So it's not an automatic thing; you have to earn it. So like you'll get something called axe breaker or lance breaker, and when you equip that, then uh. when you're attacking with a sword, then you'll be strong against an axe or I don't remember what the weapon triangle was. Yeah, that's that's what it normally yeah, was. So it's, yeah. Sword beats axe beats spear beats Yeah, sword. so it's it's there yeah. kind of, but you have to earn it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm glad it's not fully gone. That would yeah. be weird. Um like a staple. Yeah, I know. It was kind of weird to hear they got rid of it. But really good game. Um this was the most I've enjoyed a Fire Emblem game, I think. Um like I said, I've played a few before, but this was a I really got into this one. Like I played over 50 hours on uh, this first run through, but I'll definitely be putting more in. Well, I, okay. Hey, well, nice. I'm sold. All right, well. <laughs> he wants yeah. the Japanese dating simulator part. Give me just, anything. give me just a little bit of an excuse to spend money. Oh, all right. Hey, easy. <laughs> Eduardo, spend money. I've also dabbled in the next game we're going to talk about, which is Dragon Quest 11, the demo. I've, I've played maybe the first 30 yeah. minutes of it so i did the like climbing up of the tower and then i saved the chick and then i went i started to leave yeah. my village and that's as much as i played um for those of you that don't know the dragon quest 11 demo they've said will take you about 10 hours to complete and all of your progress will carry over into the main game so if you want a really good idea of what this game is about download the demo You'll, you have nothing to lose. You can download, you can play through a lot of the game and it's a JRPG. So, and the game has already been released. The game is, I think is like 70 to 80 hours long. Like it's a yeah. very long game. Do it. You <laughs> You know, uh, Danny and I were talking about how we each have trappings and this, like we talked about, um, I'm sorry, sound Lord. We talked about how the sound Lord, you know, every episode has like a speech he gives. Like there's always like once time, during each episode of the sound Lord's like, all right, this is my time. And then for the next few minutes, he's just going to, you know, talk about something AKA he's really passionate about. And time. Talk about it for... Got him. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not the Baldwin feud. No. Oh, no. 
It's um, happening. But your take is you need to do ASMR every episode. There's got to be a little <laughs> ASMR in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I always do it. I, well, not always, but I guess recently I've just started throwing some. I, uh, I can delete every one of you. Soundlord, I am a neutral party in the Baldwin feud. I I have just been here while this has been going on, get, delivering some, some sexy ASMR content to the the listeners. I'm just I, okay. I'm just a guy here. I'm just I'm just a peach, <laughs> a humble we peach. You. We love you, Soundlord. We love you so much. Um, we should have seen me and Danny while he was going on about bullet holes or whatever the comment Bullet was. points, yes, that's bullet what it was. Bullet holes? Uh, I'm going to take this. Hey, <laughs> listen to my recent... Today it was released, the bonus episode of Squad Up. My first appearance on that. Nope. Uh, Try again. Uh, well, <laughs> continue listening to Squad Up, and while you do that, <laughs> download the uh, bonus app of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they're the same thing. Yo, other the Baldwins, same other Baldwins are adding you right now, man. Ooh, you, you got you, got, you were embarrassing the, the name. The D word that's Dingus. Oh, do it again, Dingus. <laughs> Boy. Uh, what a, what an episode. So Dragon Quest 11. Okay, now that I've talked about it for 10 minutes, what are your thoughts on the, game, the demo? I, I'm not all that much further than you got. Uh, I got okay. to the to the big town that is after your village. Uh, it's it's good. I mean, it's the JRPG, basically. Um, Dragon Quest. It is almost like a, like a JRPG pro. Like, there are a lot of other JRPGs that sort of iterate on the JRPG, but this is like a JRPG in its truest form. Like it is just like, this is it. This is like the JRPG. Dragon quest is like iconic in Japan. Um, I actually remember I, speaking of game boy color games that I remember playing, I had dragon warrior one, two, and three on one cartridge and dragon warrior was the U S name for dragon quest. Um, originally, so I had some experience with that, but uh, after that, I never played it again. But I was getting excited, obviously, Hero for Smash. Um, it's like, oh, okay, I'll try this out. I've heard great things about Eleven, so I'm glad that they did this demo. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a classic JRPG. Uh, the music is fantastic. It's like the Tokyo Symphonic Orchestra or something. I don't know. Um, so again, with the music, that's all I talk about with these video games. But uh, so go ahead. I have a question on this because I don't think I've ever played a Dragon Warrior game, but I did play a game called Dragon Warrior Monsters. Oh, oh my wow. God. <laughs> Star Wars, stop it. Get out of my head, Charles. Oh. No this happens. You guys, you guys have no, I'm sorry for yelling. You guys have no off. To, I can't even talk right now. You, you messed me up with the wavelengths, sir. <laughs> Y'all have no idea how often Soundlord and I just like get on the exact same wavelength without any prior anything going on. I don't know how it happens. I just mentioned Dragon Warrior Monsters and he at the same time in the chat <laughs> says, remember Dragon Warrior Monsters, the weird Pokemon like Dragon Quest spinoff? That's exactly what I was just going to say because I played that one. 
but I didn't play any Dragon Warrior. So I didn't know if that was supposed to be a spinoff or if it was its own thing and it was just called something similar. But he just answered the question but that he didn't even know I was going to ask. So <laughs> there we go. I did play that one, Sound Lord and listeners. I did. It was super weird because you walked around as this hero, but you didn't actually fight as the hero. You just ran into monsters that were in the universe. And if they decided in the middle of a battle that they liked you, they would offer to join your party. But there was no... I mean, you might have been able to lure them in your party with items that you get later in the game or something. But as far as I knew when I was playing it at my peanut-brained age, uh, it was just... going to finish that. It was just pure luck. It was just like, I hope this monster wants to join my team. And then you'd fight other stronger monsters and they, I don't know. It was, it was, a that sounds time. like persona actually, how you're, uh, how you are able to collect the other personas. It's not a capture mechanic. It's more of a, you just, once you get them down, you talk to them and you can convince them to join you. It's you like blackmail them. You like yeah. <laughs> persona's so weird. So you like you fight them and then you do what's called a hold up where you literally all rush in and you like are doing like a police style interrogation <laughs> of the whoever you're fighting and you're like trying to like if you say enough if you answer enough of the questions right you can convince them to come join you. It's the if you haven't played Persona 5 some go out and play this game because it is so weird and I want to talk about it on the show with somebody else who's played the game. Um I need to play me. more of it, but I uh I, I've I played enough of it to be able to have like a to have like a frame of reference. I need to go back. The problem is that game is like just like any other JRPG, it long. is so long. I think Gumby hasn't finished it yet either, and he's been sitting on it for a long time. Yeah. It's a fantastic game though. So fantastic they put him in Smash. So a cool joker so we're liking dragon quest 11 maybe we'll get an update uh, a couple episodes from now to see how we really like it after the full 10 hours are done um marvel ultimate alliance 3 okay marvel ultimate alliance 3 to me was the biggest rubber band i've ever seen in my life because i bounced off that game (laughs) so hard I played maybe an hour of that game before I was like, I'm not having fun playing this. And then I stopped playing and I might not have given it the shot that it was due, but I, I didn't enjoy it. So Danny, as somebody who is, has con- kind of continued playing, what do you, what do you like so much about it? Is it just the characters? Is it the gameplay? I know it's not the gameplay because it can't be the gameplay. Is it the characters? Is it the, right. <laughs> the, the world? What's, what is it? Um, well, a big thing that I like about it is that it's a, an excuse to play a game with my lovely brother and sister-in-law. Hey. <laughs> and sometimes Robbie. Bringing it back, trying to get under their good side. All right. <laughs> the end of the Baldwin feud. <laughs> it's happening. Nintendo Switch has saved my family. Um... No, I mean Nintendo Switch murdered my uncle. Oh no! Ooh, <laughs> gosh. Um, no, but I mean, other than that, it's it's fun. It's I I like unlocking all the Marvel characters. Obviously, I mean, it's it's also very interesting seeing where the characters are, like where they're 
based off of what sources because some of them are very much like the mcu versions and then obviously some characters don't have an mcu version and then others that have movie versions are completely different um so it, it's it's been fun seeing them interact in this uh different world or different i guess i don't know what earth number it would be but um i don't know it, it's i finally got nightcrawler so that's great he's fun He's using swords. I talk about it in the Assembly Required bonus episode. How much I like Nightcrawler. Hey. <laughs> he uses swords. Nightcrawler. Fine. Everyone's favorite X-Men. Is he? Nightcrawler. He's the best, man. <laughs> Thank you, Peaches. He's the best. Yes. He's German and blue and has a tail. What more do you want? Those are the three things I look for. <laughs> Those are my mating qualities. <laughs> what? <laughs> what about a Creole guy who chose cards? <laughs> what happens when he runs out of cards? Uh, well, I don't think we're legally allowed to do this. What happens if you're not in a 99 cent store? <laughs> what if you're not near the paper plate aisle of a Target? <laughs> I know, I've got like some loose change because I bought a euro earlier. Oh, so could you throw oh, the you- euro? <laughs> You can throw the euro, you know, but it's tough because the meat's kind of flat. We got to stop. We're we quoting stop Pete. Doing this. <laughs> We're not trying to steal your content, Pete. I don't think you're making well, it anymore. But we... <laughs> That was a bit locked there. If anybody w- wants to know what we're talking about, it's Pete Holmes' X-Men, where he like fires the X-Men one by one. Xavier um, fires the X-Men. Right. Uh, and um, the one we're talking about specifically is the Gambit episode, which is fantastic. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. That was a Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Wow, what a lovely discussion. So let's start talking about <laughs> the games. Or not the games. Let's start to see what's, uh, what's been going on in the world of games. Waluigi time is right. I secretly <laughs> hope he doesn't do Waluigi time. <laughs> he, doesn't do he just leaves the break. <laughs> it was so good. No, did you listen to it? What, the did last you- one? Yeah. No. Dude, go back and listen to the news. If nothing else, go listen to the news uh, bumper. Okay. Because you didn't use Waluigi time, and it's the best thing that I've heard. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Um, Other than (laughs) do it. As far as this news is concerned, Sony buys Insomniac Games, famous for games like Psychonauts, um, Sunset Overdrive, and the most recent critically acclaimed Spider-Man game for PS4. So Sony has, which is weird because I kind of thought Insomniac was already like a Sony, like because of Spider-Man and a lot of their previous games that already felt like they were like Sony all the way. So then I was kind of surprised when they got bought out by Sony. Um, But this is a really, really big get for them. They're a fantastic studio. Uh, Spider-Man for the PS4 is one of the best games I've played in the past I don't know, five years. That game's fantastic. Um, and I don't know, you know, we could talk about the console wars all we want, but Sony just has, okay, why don't people hate Sony for snatching up exclusives, but then all of a sudden the Epic Game Store is everybody's, you know, the Antichrist. Gamers are a fickle uh, beast. Uh, I think I think <laughs> they just don't like Fortnite and they want more excuses to dislike Fortnite-related things. There's there's a very clear divide of people out there. There's a you love Fortnite 
or you hate Fortnite. I don't think there's a lot of in-betweeners. I know there are in-betweeners, but I don't think there's a lot of them. Maybe that's what it has to do with. I don't I don't really I don't really know what this does for Sony. I mean, it allows them to put their name on these games, but the games are already great before Sony bought them, so like if they don't continue being great, it's going to make Sony look bad. Does that is that weird thinking? I don't follow <laughs> what you're saying at all. Like why why does like I don't know. Why have it, an exclusive studio this. that puts out hit after hit so they can have yeah. their game release only on your console because no, right like, now the only thing that differentiates consoles is exclusives? I'm saying that it's good for sony but i like i've seen this article like 12 times like it's been all over gaming news and like it's cool for sony but it's not really gonna change anything for us right hopefully well it stops insomniac from making games because they did make sunset overdrive for the xbox that game didn't wasn't critically acclaimed like some of their other games but they have gone adventured out so what they've done is they've locked up this pool and made it so that you have to come there so that like just like some of us associate you know nintendo with mario you're not going to get a mario game anywhere else you're now going to start associating spider-man ps or games with a ps4 those two will now be synonymous rather than there being a chance. I mean, we said for that. years Kingdom Hearts would only be on the PS4 and Kingdom Hearts 3 is on the Xbox One. And it was a letdown. Let's not even talk about it because I <laughs> Man, I still hurt. Maybe it should have stayed on PS4. Danny, what do you think? I'm generally not a fan of moves like this. I know this is kind of a response to Microsoft buying all those studios recently. Um but it's just you're starting to lock up these developers into like certain ecosystems. Um, so now you're, I don't know how far this is going to go. Like how many independent studios are going to eventually get sucked up into like one of the big three. Um, so it's just, like you said, uh, when you're locking these developers into consoles, like am I supposed to choose a PlayStation versus an Xbox because of the developers. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where it is. And it just kind of sucks when you take that or you make it harder on consumers like that. Um, uh, obviously it's, but isn't that just, it's a, isn't that just the definition of competition? Yeah, yes. Um, it's just, you know, as a consumer, when these businesses, I mean, it's a good business move for sure. But that generally doesn't work out for consumers in the long run. I mean, you you look at Disney, obviously, this huge behemoth of a corporation just constantly buying up these other studios. And it, it's the same thing on a much smaller scale. Um, there's not a video game monopoly right now. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to that point. It's probably going to be difficult. But it's just when... when you have, and then, sorry, trying to form my thought here, but looking at this Disney Fox merger, how many products or um, upcoming films have been canceled? How many people have been laid off from Fox? Um, again, it is a smaller scale, but when you start getting this like 
more oversight into a studio, then there's a good chance that they are going to, you know, maybe lose a bit of the creative vision. Uh, maybe some of the more experienced people with that developer are going to branch out. I mean, look at Rare. When Microsoft bought Rare, they kind of tanked. Uh, they had all these hits on the N64 on the Super Nintendo, and then they moved to Microsoft, had a few games that kind of had that rare quality, and then they were making Avatar games. Not Last Airbender or Blue Aliens, but the Microsoft Avatars. Hey, man, Sea of Thieves. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, so they, they've they've bounced back a bit. Sea of Thieves has been successful as far as I know. I'm not, I don't have a PC or an Xbox, so not too up-to-date on that. But, I mean, you, you get platonic out of this and they made ukulele and that those are like the classic rare people so you have these independent studios again that are much smaller and they don't get the support from one of the big three and they can take a chance and make a game they want to but if it's not successful they're gonna fold up so it's just you talked about competition but now as they buy up these studios then smaller studios are getting they're losing the competition i don't know if any of that made sense sometimes i feel no, like it I does ramble. it does no, it did. i i think it's part of the cycle right i think we we we're in sort of a cycle of of video games like it sounds so dumb to use the quote but you either die a hero live long enough to see yourself become the villain you either you know be but get bought out by a big company or fold or you get so big that you become you become blizzard right you you are this this beloved beloved studio that pumps out these quality games that get bigger and bigger and bigger and then you get to the point where you're too big and you have stopped being you know a champion of the little guy and you've turned into you know public enemy number one for the video game community because of a decision that you make and so i think it's tough for video game developers to navigate those waters like i don't think a video like if rare would have continued to pump out hits that would have just happened sooner, right? Like if they would have continued to just make better and bigger, bigger games, it would have been bought up by somebody. And then the rare we know would have been, you know, EA rare. And then all of a sudden they would have lost the same, you know, it's still, they wouldn't have been the same studio. I think the reason that I'm apprehensive on feeling any type of way about this particular story is because this happens like all the time with all sorts of things. Like, the first thing that came to mind with me for me is when the company that owns Corona also bought Funky Buddha. And like everybody that likes beer around me was freaking the hell out because you don't know what the, the parent company is going to do as far as decisions that the child company has to make in situations like that. Like you've got relationships between parent and child companies where the parent just kind of lets them do whatever, like keep doing whatever you were doing. It was working. We just want some of the money that comes along. We'll like fund you, but we want some of the cut. But then you have the more controlling parent companies that say like, yeah, we like 60% of what you're doing, but we're going to change this other 40% because we own you now and we can do that. And that's the sort of thing that I get worried about when stuff like this happens. And that's why I don't know how to feel about it. Cause like, cool insomniac's a great studio i like a lot of the stuff that they've put out over the years but what is sony gonna do are they gonna let them run around the house and do whatever they want or are they going to chain them to the wall and make them escape a room i don't know like and none of none of us are gonna know until insomniac 
through Sony now puts out another game. If the next Spider-Man comes out and it's greatly reduced quality compared to the first one, who are we going to blame for that? We don't really know. I mean, I guess we'll probably find out, but <laughs> it's still kind of weird to think about, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's we're all speculating. I mean, you can't predict what's going to happen exactly, but just speaking yeah. in general terms, when stuff like this happens, it <laughs> general terms, general terms, uh, <laughs> it doesn't always work out. And you know, obviously, Insomniac and Sony have a good relationship. Um, they have made, you know, Spider Man is a huge hit. Past games, uh, they've made Ratchet and Clank, right? Is that Insomniac? That is Insomniac. Uh, yeah, they did. They also did redid Spyro. Did they did they redo Spyro or did they do do Spyro? <laughs> Boopy. No, Activision redid Spyro. Okay, okay. So they did did Spyro. <laughs> <laughs> did did. Um, yeah, I think we'll see. We'll we're gonna see if if they continue down their train and they they stay they stay the course. Or if they turn into, you know, another Blizzard, right? Because we all know Blizzard, as of late, hasn't made the best decisions with their with their with their properties. And what I want to know, <laughs> I want to know your input on their most recent decision, or at least their most recent rumored decision to release Overwatch on the Nintendo Switch. So there was what a leak. Segue. <laughs> that's why they pay me the big bucks he's good at segues i don't know how he does it <laughs> um now as far as the leaks are concerned so there were leaks amazon leaked a nintendo switch case that was nintendo and blizzard branded with all kinds of overwatch logos on it whoa so all kinds overwatch the, logos all kinds the hello, 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 hello. <laughs> hello 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 uh so the idea being that one overwatch is potentially going to be released on the Nintendo Switch, which I have mixed feelings about because I don't personally see a reason for it. For me personally, the only reason I want something on the Switch is so I can play it portably. I want to be able to like walk out my house and play it on the train and then continue it at home and sort of play it at all these different stages. But if I'm required to have an internet connection for all of them, I don't understand the point. Sure. Also, you can go into training mode. This you can. Yeah, you're right. You can train on the train. <laughs> Um, the second and maybe more interesting uh, rumor is that there was a 4chan post about there being a, a Nintendo Direct coming up in September where it was going to be a character that people wouldn't expect and nobody really wants and um, it was going to be a female it was going to be from a, uh, from a different property that people didn't really expect and the speculation is currently that that character is Tracer from Overwatch and she will be the next character in Smash. Discuss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're all soldiers now. We're all I don't, soldiers now. I, yeah, like I don't. Uh, I knew this was coming. I just don't. I don't know how to. I don't know how to respond. It's kind of weird. Um, there have been weirder additions to Super Smash Bros. I don't think I'm gonna knock it before I try it, right? Because there have definitely been some weirdos that have made their way into Smash that we all ended up liking or loving in some cases. Um, 
but it definitely feels like a weird connection, you know, like, I don't know. I guess when Sonic and Mario first started playing nice together, I also thought it was a really weird connection. So it's probably not that different from all of these other strange partnerships that we've had over the years. Um, but like Sonic and Mario are at least the leads in their own competing franchise where they have very similar games with like slight tweaks here and there. Adding Tracer to Smash Bros. It's like, I guess she has the most in common with Snake. No, Inklings. <laughs> she has the most in common oh, with Inklings. Inklings. Sure. Inklings. I forgot about Inkling, but I don't know. I don't, I think it's weird. I, I kind of feel like it's true because I don't know who else from Overwatch they would put in a, in a game like Smash. I, I can't think of a better Overwatch ambassador, if you will. Um, but yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how she plays because every recreation of Tracer, like from a game that's not Overwatch, uh, is pretty faithful to her character. So I don't know how her moves are going to work, I guess. Is she going to just <laughs> always be shooting automatically like in Heroes of the Storm? Um, is she going to be able to blink all over the map really annoyingly? I mean, I think you could look at uh, Inklings and how they play. And I'm sure there's a little bit of that there. If that was the character that they were going to choose. Um, now, I know there's a lot of hesitation. And Danny, I'm going to let you speak on this at one point. But I need to say my my piece here. I know there's a lot of hesitation when it comes to Overwatch joining Smash. But I have to say, after thinking about it for a while, I love it. Not because I'm some sort of Blizzard fanboy or anything, because at first I was like, that's weird. And then yes, I thought, uh, well, I mean, it's because I'm, uh, while I am a Blizzard fanboy, it's not because, <laughs> that's not why I, why, I think it's a good, why I think it's a good move. I love how weird it is. I love that Tracer just doesn't fit there because it just kind of goes in line with, like you said, a bunch of these different Smash characters. Like Snake made no sense. Cloud made, I mean, Cloud made kind of sense because he's a big guy with a sword, but Snake made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, sure. Um, but like Snake made no sense. Like Rob, like how did you fit Rob into there? Mr. Game & Watch? Like think about all these characters and think about how weird it was. And I kind of like that. Now on the reverse of that, for me, there is only one character that I'm waiting to hopefully see in Smash and that's Waluigi. Besides that, I don't have like, the character that I'm waiting for. And I am not one of those Smash peoples. Now, I know, like, Soundlord, for example, I think, uh, what's his last one? Gino? Gino's the last one that he really wants. We Fit Trainer. Yeah. Uh, Soundlord's correct. Mm -hmm. So I know that there are some people who are waiting for their character to join, and they'll be upset when they see Tracer. But I love them just kind of taking something super random, even if it is with dollar signs <laughs> in their eyeballs. Dude, there's that one guy on Twitter who's gonna like call the cops on Mr. Nintendo if Shadow the Hedgehog doesn't make oh it in. Oh my god, Shadow the Hedgehog. Gotta, yeah, watch out, Mr. Nintendo. Listen for those <laughs> sirens. They could honestly continue to support Smash Ultimate forever by just continuing to release characters to that game, and people would buy every character when as soon as it dropped. Yeah. I fear that it'd get too League of Legends-y, though. Like, you'd, you'd almost have problems ba with balance because you'd have so many different characters that you have to tweak every time a new character was introduced that you'd get to the... And it probably already is like this with almost 80 characters where, like, there's probably only a small handful that are actually used competitively, right? But 
um, the more you add, the more you have to consider that every single character has to feel right with every other character. So it's not like addition. It's multi, it's multiplicative, if you will. Uh, Danny, I'm finally uh, giving you permission to speak on the matter. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, sir. Um, So I just want to, so the, this leak is, is it just from 4chan? And you know what? We could be just blowing up smoke and none of this could happen. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I don't, I just don't think this is likely, Uh, but for sake of good content, I'll, uh, I'll entertain it. Um, I don't know. I mean, like you said, I don't have any characters that I'm waiting for at this point. Banjo was the last one, really. It's like Banjo would be awesome to be in Smash, and he's here uh, in a few months, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's Even just like truly- the rumors. There's been rumors like with Doom Guy, which would be that fits more, I think, just because he's been around a long time. But I still don't necessarily think he fits in Smash uh minecraft steve i don't just i don't know i don't see that i I just don't see tracer as fitting but i cannot um you gotta have faith in sakurai and the team because everybody works really well um it'll be weird for sure if tracer is in smash it's just that is not something i ever would have entertained as a notion you know what I will say on this now that we're talking about it and you just brought up the two other ones that were speculated is that I think that Tracer, if this is true, would add such a uniqueness to the game because there wouldn't be another character like her. Like she wouldn't be she wouldn't be a, a clone of another character. She she would be her own thing that was pretty much made just for her and if you introduce doom guy you've got like guy with a gun you know that could be like another samus or it could it could function like joker or and or like a fox or something if you bring in steve i know that he uses like a pickaxe and a sword but he could be just like fire emblem sword character (laughs) version 18 like but Tracer, Tracer would be something completely fresh and new to the game that might annoy people a little bit because they're not used to it. But I like picturing her blinking all around the map. Maybe she'd be really agile and, and you know, um, squirrely, but maybe it doesn't take very many hits to, to get her knocked out of the arena. You know, maybe she takes damage really easily or, or something like that to make up for how slippery she is. I don't know. I think... I think she'd bring something to the game that the game has not seen yet. And my one of my biggest complaints when they started introducing Final Smashes was that so many of the Final Smash moves were exactly the same. They were just a different character using them. And I wanted more uniqueness. I wanted more differentiation amongst the characters. And I think she could do that. Yeah, I have no doubt that they can design a really fun, unique character. It's just thematically as much as smash has themes <laughs> uh i don't i don't know yeah. if tracer necessarily fits but you know it's i guess up to interpretation because it is kind of just been expanding as like all video games because i mean going into the dlc who could have ever predicted a persona character <laughs> and that's the first one they announce like oh okay <laughs> so they kind of just, people like, were like hype as shit for um 
for Joker. Yeah, like, Joker was like announced. People were like going crazy. Yeah, so I mean, and I don't. They're just expanding their reach now. So you know, maybe Overwatch does fit in Smash at this point. I don't know. Only time will tell. Um, Overwatch, gigantic game. Um, coming to the Nintendo Switch probably. Maybe Trace is going to come in Smash. Um, what, what time is going to tell, right? Blizzard has a ton of big games, and a big one that just came out was WoW Classic. Um, and all wow. kinds of fun what stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all kinds of fun stuff has been happening with WoW Classic. Um, first off, I just want to talk about this quick news story because I thought it was hilarious. Uh, in WoW Classic, so the servers have been slammed for WoW Classic ever since they turned them on. Um, and people were getting so frustrated questing that because they each had to kill like particular mobs so they had to kill a boar and then every all the boars were dead because everybody was trying to kill the same boar so people in game were lining up in front of a zone and then when the next boar spawned the person at the front of the line would get to kill the boar and if you needed to kill another one you would get to the back of the line and then wait your turn until you got to the front of the line until the next boar was there dude I need more gamers to come to the theme park that we used to work at collectively <laughs> because you cannot get families that don't know each other to stand in a line in a orderly fashion without doing some heavy lifting. But you've got all these gamers who are trying to murder a virtual pig and they all wait in a line for it. Like we, we need that kind of discipline out in the world. Do uh, people not queue up for those? Uh, I don't know what I can say. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people do, but they do it really poorly. Right, and I and I, I don't think this will last. Right, like I don't think it's going to continue. Like they're not going to continue to queue up in a couple weeks. Right, but it's fun to, that they like kind of banded together and and, and did this. Um, now, that brings us to the main discussion topic for the show, which I, it's weird saying main discu discussion topic when we're already an hour and 10 minutes into the show, but here <laughs> we are anyway. Um, I wanted to talk about World of Warcraft. So allow me to put myself into a, a cubicle here and, and channel my inner sound lord while I talk about this really quick. Um, oh, that, yeah, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Wait, wait, before you start. Before you start. Um, <laughs> All right, go for it. Great visual <laughs> gag. <laughs> um, for okay. those of you not watching the Twitch live stream of this event, I turned my camera off to simulate that I'm taking a nap while he talks. So, WoW Classic is a thing. Both Peaches and I have played WoW Classic. We went to BlizzCon last year and both got to experience what WoW Classic was like. It was the only demo that we left early from. Um, a lot of the demos there, you go... Um, <laughs> I'm really glad that taking a long time is now channeling your inner soundboard. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Innocent Peach, just <laughs> hanging out. Innocent Peach that just went and did a nap-taking gag. <laughs> Okay, fair. <laughs> so, I was just continuing the joke. So at BlizzCon, you get to sort of like, you have like a certain allotment of time. Like, for example, Overwatch, you get to play until the match is done. Same thing with Heroes. Um, uh, you get to play until the demo is done. And then for the the World of Warcraft one, you got to play until a certain time it was up and then you have to leave. And we both played WoW Classic. 
And we both left early because we decided it wasn't for us, right? Like we were like, all right, well, this isn't this isn't fun for us. No. Um, we didn't leave early. They only gave us 30 minutes and we didn't finish one quest in 30 <laughs> minutes. That's what happened. I could have I could have sworn we left early. No, we we loaded into the game. We were playing horde characters. We were in the barrens, the original barrens where trolls actually live, like internet trolls. And we were teamed up and in WoW Classic if you're in a team with somebody and you kill a mob and you're collecting an item that that mob drops, only the character that gets the loot drop gets that item. So you and I were farming basically emus out in the wild for 30 minutes and neither of us finished the quest. We only needed to collect six pieces of like emu meat or something a piece. And I think I got to five and you and got to four the and they're like, all right, your time's up. <laughs> we, we couldn't do it. And so I want to talk about the MMORPGs and I want to talk about WoW Classic. I want to talk about games and difficulty and nostalgia, right? So we live in an era where a game like World of Warcraft Classic can thrive because we live in an era of nostalgia and a want for difficulty in video games. Now, when I say that, I think about what I've heard from people that have been enjoying World of Warcraft Classic and what they like about it. Now, to preface this, I understand that there are a lot of other things that people like about World of Warcraft Classic, like the community. Right now, that game is has millions of players playing it because it's this hot new thing and there's sort of a sense of community of everybody leveling together and and a sort of a living breathing world and there's something to be said for that but there's also a thing to be said because there's also a thing to be said about video gamers and being masochists and wanting to sort of put themselves through trials to overcome something. They want the grind, right? We talk about sort of grinding in games is sort of a negative thing, but it is sort of like reverse and become a positive thing. People want to have to work for things. People want to have to, you know, they don't want people to have to be able to have an easy track to something. And I find this interesting because... A lot of these creature comforts, a lot of these quality of life changes are things that have been asked for by the video game community. We have asked for things like quest helpers automatically being included and um, parties being able to do that and dungeon finder being able to queue up for dungeons. And, you know, we've asked for all these different things and we ended up with what Blizzard is putting out now in their current content, and everybody is saying, no, why did you let listen to us? Bring us back to where we were before you listened to all of the things that we requested from you. Um, and I know not all of it were things that were requested by the community, but a lot of it was. And so I think right now the video game community's relationship with game developers is broken, and I think part of it has to do because of how we look at video games from the past with rose-colored glasses. I know for me personally, I don't find WoW Classic to be an interesting endeavor. Like, I don't think I'm going to go play WoW Classic. But there are a lot of people who do, and I'm very curious to see if it's, you know, part of this difficulty trend. You know, like, say, the Dark Souls games, right? That's a that's an old-school theory of of working hard for something and then feeling a sense of achievement when you 
when you when you complete it. You could even say it about Mario games. You know, all these Mario hacks that you're playing, a sense of accomplishment when you have completed this. Now, this is they're they they take different skills, sure. So one of them is going to take reaction timing, another one is just going to take time, right? It's going to take time of work, but that's that's sort of the same ideology of taking a time to do a thing to feel accomplished because you have done the thing afterwards. Um, and I wonder how much of that did we get wrong as a community as games have come out over time? Man, I just, some of that, I just don't agree with you, man. I no, like I, I think I'm surprised at the amount of people that jumped on wild classic, to be honest, we've talked about this before. We talked about how it was something that people said they wanted. And blizzard was even like, you don't want this. (laughs) (laughs) Like they literally said, you don't want this to the fans and they gave it to them anyway. And I, I just read an article that uh, more than 2 million players created characters for the launch of classic. So that's a lot of people considering that. Wow. Only has somewhere in the like high, high single digits, low double digits, million players right now. That's a giant percentage of the community or people that have quit and come back to make those characters. I will say that. But having played what is pretty close to vanilla, I I started playing WoW in Burning Crusade, which was the first expansion. Um, It still had a lot of the same slow grind through quests that we kind of talked about earlier with the emu farming. It still had a lot of that same stuff in groups. You didn't share the quest rewards, all that kind of really annoying stuff for some people that a lot of the people in the wild community said, no, we want this to be easier because we're working really hard. I think 2 million is a lot of people, but I don't think, I don't think generalized we can say from that, that people want difficulty. But I also think that that kind of, I think that that kind of playing games is not necessarily difficult. I think it's just time consuming. Like there are difficulties about classic. Wow. For sure. Like, you could get killed 1v1 in a fight with a, a mob. Like, you could get killed by trash 1v1 if you didn't have the right gear, um, which is, like, impossible in the current WoW. Like, you would have to try really hard to die to a trash mob in the current state of WoW. You could die very easily to them in vanilla. So, yeah, it does have difficulty in that sense, but a lot of it is just the amount of time you put into it. I guess I need um, to... Let me... Stuff like... Let me clarify my, my point okay. so that... Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're we're talking about the same thing. So when I say difficulty and I talk about it in relation to WoW, I don't mean that WoW is difficult. I think what I am saying is that sense of I have worked really hard for this thing and I feel accomplished after I finished working hard for it. And that sure. sense you get from WoW that you get from these sort of difficult type games. That I think that's the relationship. I'm not trying to say that WoW is a difficult game. I'm saying that it is eliciting the same receptors. Like it is the same dopamine hits are coming in because of that sense of accomplishment. I guess I can agree with that to an extent. Um, It's just, yeah, it's just different. I mean, you, you, I mean, you know this because you played wow in the early days too. Like you did put a lot of time into stuff like for at the end of the day, what is a very minimal reward, but it doesn't feel like a minimal reward. Like I, I did daily quests for 90 straight days for this faction that I don't give a damn about because I could only gain 200 rep a day 
and I just got exalted with them and now I get a t-shirt. Like that that sound if I say it like that, it sounds like I'm shitting on people, but really like when you're that person and you spent all that time on on that particular thing and you get that reward, that's that is the dopamine hit. That's true. Like you've been waiting for that reward. It doesn't matter if it's a t-shirt or a mount or whatever it is. It's it was important to you. Um I I guess I'm just surprised with how many people jumped right into it. And I'm curious to see as time goes on with WoW Classic, how many people drop out. Because I guarantee you there is still a large percentage of those people that really thought they wanted it. And it was a lot more about nostalgia than it was about the actual game. You know, it was more about the I remember the good old days. Sure. Danny, have you ever dipped your your little toes in uh, <laughs> my in little World toes? <laughs> uh, no, I have not ever played World of Warcraft. Uh, I have played RuneScape, so so similar. I know. Okay. Yeah, I mean they also went. The they, same I know path, they put out so their classic similar, RuneScape. Yeah. I have a question for you too, because you both have played. How far along in the life cycle have you played? I'm just I just want to get so I know what you can compare it to. So both of us have played from Burning Crusade on, mm-hmm. which is their first expansion, and we have also both played their two most recent expansions. Okay. So we have played almost all of it. The only ones that I didn't play while they were the most recent was were the base game and uh, Panda, whatever, Runes of Pandaria. I didn't oh, play that one until a, after that was done. Mist, Mist of Pandaria. Mist of Runes. I don't know where to get Runes from. Mists of Pandaria. Yeah. I didn't play it. Why would I remember the name? <laughs> um, so I'm curious, which, when was it the most fun to play? Ooh, that is a very Ooh. divisive question. Yeah. Oh, that's just a, thinking a very like divisive question. The, just the actual playing experience, when was it the most fun? Not necessarily like what you're talking about, like the reward and the satisfaction you feel, but like Moment to moment, what had the most fun gameplay as as much? Eduardo, I immediately know. I so want to say, can... I want to say it's Legion. So not the expansion that just passed, not this expansion that's out now, but the expansion right before. I think I had more fun playing that than I remember having fun in when I played originally. Now, I played, a game like WoW for me is a social experience, I play those kinds of games to have fun with friends. And when I played the original WoW, I had a large group of friends to play with. And so I think I had more fun originally playing that. Not that I didn't have fun playing with Peaches and our small group, but it was fun to have this like dedicated group that every night would be like, all right, guys, what time are we getting on WoW? And we would do that every single night. And it was this like sort of this event. Um, and I think yeah. that for me, I think that's the experience people miss, not necessarily what wild classic is but the feeling wild classic gave them my i have two answers to that question because one of them is a very social answer and the other one is a gameplay answer i think socially i had the most fun like no offense eduardo <laughs> but socially i had the most fun right when wrath of the lich king came out which was the second expansion because i had already been in a guild with a bunch of people at the end of burning by the end of burning crusade we had all talked a lot we had all done some raids together and then when Wrath came out, we all got a lot more serious about raiding and we were spending more time together and everybody, you know, just got along and, and we made friends and, so and that sort of thing. We're stupid. So We're stupid so about doing a was, podcast about WoW because it's going to make us want to no. go play WoW. We're, no, we're stupid. I guarantee you. It's not going to. 
But it was cool because the camaraderie was there and the dungeons that they made specifically for that expansion uh, were just really well done. The first the first big dungeon that they made when the game was released was a re-release of a classic WoW dungeon, uh, Naxxramas. And people, that was the nostalgia that people wanted. That was like, I want to go back to this dungeon, but I want it to be the difficulty to be upgraded. I want to be able to experience this the way I... Ex- sort of close to the way I experienced it in Vanilla WoW. And so that was a really cool moment because I didn't play Vanilla WoW. So I got to experience that with the people that were like geeking out over it. As far as the gameplay goes, though, I agree with Eduardo that Legion was like by far gameplay wise the best expansion because Blizzard finally listened to their community about what they wanted. They put a lot of cool stuff in the game that quality of life changes increased and they also just have a lot of fun, cool questing. I mean, over time, you gotta you gotta remember like when when WoW came out, it was like 2004, and they only had the ability programming wise to do so much, um, and the server space to do so much. But they do what's what's called with questing. Um, they do what's called phasing in World of Warcraft, where say all three of us are in the same zone, like we're all in the same mm-hmm. l- like land at the same time. If I am doing a quest storyline um, that is really involved and you are just starting that quest storyline, we could be standing on literally the same pixel okay. on the map, but we won't see each other because sure. I'm phased into a different part of the quest than you are. And they started doing that a lot with, with quests as the games went on, which made it really cool because it allowed them to be more interactive with the environment. Like, they could have an environment where once you finished all the quests, that's how the environment always looked. But when you first got to that land, it looked completely different. Like maybe it was a forest and the quest storyline, the enemies like burned the forest down. So when you got there, it was nice and lush and green. And then you had this big fight with these enemies. And now the the way the zone looks permanently is all the trees are dead sort of thing. So I don't know. I, I liked the gameplay for that reason. They, they had a lot of time to refine their skills with yeah so the the reason i asked was because uh, obviously as somebody that has not played wow i don't have any frame of reference but it sounds like and obviously this is just two people's opinion and may not be reflective of the whole player base but in my experience just in general with video games as time has gone on and technology has improved and developers have gotten better and better the games are more fun I with the Switch Online you get NES games. Most of them suck, honestly. There's some there's some good ones, but <laughs> just some games just aren't fun and they're not fun to play. And I it could be a similar thing, you know, like you people all these fond memories and like you were saying, the social aspect of a game like WoW is huge. It's the whole thing. It's an online RPG you're playing and raiding together and people have these fond memories and they're maybe sugarcoating the uh, the gameplay because, oh, it was so much fun. So, like you said, it'll be interesting to see the uh, player base and how it, how much people stick with it. Um, I don't know. With, was it Classic? Is that what they're calling it? Yeah. Wow, Classic. Yeah. Classic yeah. Wow. Um, is classic it basically wow. just... <laughs> classic wow um is it is it just basically 
day one wow like gameplay is pretty much identical like have yep. they done any improvements to it very few there's a very small list of things that they added in there i think because they had to so like okay technology yeah. wise they had to put in a few certain things because the game would not run otherwise sure. but for the okay. most part it is the same experience the graphics have been brought down to how it was when the game first came out they're using the same models as when the game first came out the same textures for the lands everything okay yeah so i mean it's interesting we talked about you know i i mentioned Link's awakening uh and there's a remake coming out and it's not you know a direct copy it's graphically updated i'm sure there's other changes but it looks like a pretty faithful recreation uh in general though when they remake games a lot of them are remasters they improve a lot of things and they're more enjoyable because of it i know sega ages is a collection that they do um did you know that sega ages is a palindrome um but it's they re-released their like classic like genesis games but there's gameplay improvements and i i I have to admit i have not played any sega ages but from what i've heard a lot of them are just improved versions of the original game and i think like i said nes games not being great some of them stand the test of time but just you know in general probably later games are more fun to play and don't yell at me in the chat I, i obviously i had two super nintendo games and a Game Boy Color game in my top five. So I do appreciate old games, you old fart. Danny, Danny, I will shield you from Thank any you. shit that gets flung at you because I agree. I also, I'm, you haven't played Sega Ages, but have you played Kayak? Or Radar? Oh my god. Or Mom, Dad, Pop? <laughs> Mom, Dad, Pop. Sis? <laughs> uh, or Bro. That sounds like it could be a game. Or bro. <laughs> or bro. Or bro. Um, okay, good palindrome joke, Beaches. Thank you. That's all I got. Or bro. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to say. O-R-B-B-R-O. Um, I like it either way. Or bro or or, or bro. bro or bro. I find WoW Classic to be this weird conundrum. <laughs> it is this puzzle that I can't figure out. And the weird part is there are millions of people who are loving it. They're loving their time in there. And if you're enjoying it, you know, do you. Enjoy it. Have a good time. Enjoy what's going out there. But I, as far as how video gamers and the, the relationship between video gamers and, and developers nowadays, it's, it's a tumultuous one, right? video gamers are not trusting of developers. I think some ways for, for good reasons, because you've got your EAs out there that are literally just men in black suits, top hats and monocles with like curly mustaches going. (laughs) You know, you you were saying you kept bringing up feeling the sense of pride and it just kept making me think of when battlefront two was coming out the infamous reddit response like we want the gamers to feel a sense of pride and accomplishment as they spend 40 hours trying to unlock darth vader well yeah and that's the thing is that a lot of these things are the same result right so like a loot box 
is intended for it's i mean it's not successful at it but is intended to give you that same feeling of i need to work hard for this because eventually i will get it the problem is a loot box is random and you don't feel good because you don't feel like you've done anything you just were randomly given something and so it is interesting that they're trying to use the same philosophy but then slipping in a little thing there to make sure they get a, they make a couple extra bucks on the end um and so I think that there's definitely a d- divide here. And I think a game like WoW Classic points that divide even more so. There are some video game darlings out there right now. Off the top of my head, I think um, CD Projekt Red um, is one of those companies that is sort of beloved right now. They, they can't do wrong. They are, you know, good guy video developer. And then you have your Epic Games who are bad guy video game developer because they've gotten too big and they forgot what it's like to be, you know, the little guy and they put mechs in fortnite and people hate that apparently <laughs> uh look i i am not shy about saying talking about my disdain for video game culture right now um and about the way that we treat developers and the way that we treat each other as a video game community. And I think something like wow classic points to those feelings. I think it is, it's proof, right? It is proof that we want something. And in a few weeks we will see if it's something that we actually want, right? Like if it's something that we, we really want or we think we want, I think it's the latter. I, I hope that the people that really sincerely are interested in it, I just, re- I hope they're having a good time. Sure. Like, but I, I think for me, like, cause we played together and yeah, we didn't, we didn't have a 40 man raid group or a 20 or we didn't even do a dungeon, but like, you're obviously my best friend and we played this game together and I wanted to be done after 30 minutes. Yeah. No matter how, no matter how like cool you and I are, the game was still hard to play for 30 minutes. Right. You know? And, and so I think, you know, I hope they're having a good time, but they'll, they'll find out real soon. Right. I agree. Boy, what a nice, heavy discussion to end this laughter <laughs> podcast. Rainbow. So I think that's going to do it for us today. But before we go, both of you gentlemen, Danny, let's start with you. Where can the folks find you on the internet? Ugh. Well, if they need to find me, I'm on Twitter. It's DLARS93. <laughs> that is D-L-A-R-S, not D-L-A-R-Z-9-3. Uh, I posted a really good Dorian Gray joke about the hurricane and the porch of Dorian Gray. <laughs> so check that out. It's uh <laughs> needs a little help going viral. I think, I think it deserves it, though. So check it out. It'll be a week and a half old by the time people see. Well, it'll be a week and a half before the stupid hurricane actually hits. <laughs> That's true. Peaches, you've got some streams coming up eventually. Let the folks know about all the changes to your schedule. Yes, provided that Dorian doesn't take my power with it, uh, we'll probably be live again next wednesday but by the time you're listening to this next wednesday is past wednesday and you know we don't deal with time travel on this on this show but hey follow me on twitch at twitch.tv slash peaches p-e-a-c-h-3-z you can check out uh my schedule there i'll also post on twitter 
If that changes, that's D underscore peaches on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram under the same handle, as you all know. And uh, yeah, come check out the stream. Hang out. I've got a Discord now. There's a Peaches Discord also found on my stream. So if you want to join that part of the community too, uh, I think you should because that'd be pretty neat. That's all. I don't I don't have any specific things to that I tweeted that I... <laughs> <laughs> I need your help with yet. <laughs> just the barbecue pictures. If it's up before the hurricane, I know this is this will be uh, just for the people currently in the uh, live recording on Twitch on Eduardo's channel. Um, but if the power does not leave and Sunday doesn't look like a complete shitstorm outside, uh, I will probably stream on Sunday. So question answered. I did a Q&A. <laughs> Uh, you can follow the show at Squad Up Podcast on Twitter and Squad Up Podcast on Facebook. You can email the show, squaduppodcast at gmail.com. I am at ABCD Eduardo1 on Twitter and ABCD Eduardo on Twitch. If you haven't already heard, we have got a new podcast. Uh, Danny was just on a bonus episode of it. And no, it's not Squad Up, Danny. It is Assembly Required, an MCU <laughs> retrospective. Uh, um, hey, most of the times I referenced it, I got it right. <laughs> Not the first time. Uh, it is a new podcast where we talk about the MCU. We're going through each movie, doing an episode on each movie, and we're looking back at the MCU, looking at the journey that was taken, and we're going all the way. We're starting at Iron Man, going all the way through Endgame and beyond. So we'd love for you to be a part of that journey. So if you haven't already taken a listen, please come on down. We'd really appreciate it. Big shout out to the Sound Lord who does not get enough love on these shows for all the work he puts in every single week to listen to every single one of these episodes and every single one of the Assembly Required episodes. He sits through all of them. He mixes all the audio and does all of that for us every single week, no matter how much time and how much time it takes away from playing video games. So just know we appreciate you, Sound Lord. And shout outs to Robbie for writing all of our scripts. And Angela for doing all the PR, baby. Boom. All right. Oh, and thank you to Braley for doing all of our legal studies and for handling all of our <laughs> our law discussions. <laughs> That's going to do it for me. Thank- oh, go for it. Oh, no, who do you want to thank? I was going to make a dumb Jungle Cruise joke. Just end the show. <laughs> oh, okay. I know where you were going to go. I know where you were going, and I'm going to end the show. That's going to do it for me, for Peaches, for Danny. Good luck. Have fun. And could you throw the euro? Could you control the euro? Bye, everybody! Bye! There we go. We're in. Audio's back. We got all the dogs. Look at all these dogs. Look at dogs. all these dogs. Squat up. More like dog up. It does smell like up dog in here. What's that? <laughs> Damn it, Danny. Danny, it smells like scud. I don't know what that is. Scud. I've never heard of it. Explain scud to me. It's No, it's scud. Everybody knows about it. Scud related to Bofa? You're getting played. <laughs> <laughs>